0: welcome to another episode of athletic insights we're joined here by podium sports therapy and wellness center uh, his very own uh, functional medicine doctor dr andy thomas How you doing, i'm doing well zach? thanks zach and uh yeah i wanted to thank you for your time um so as covid well let's take a let's backtrack a little bit there we are not out of the woods yet with covid but what i wanted to talk to you today about was what do you think the quote-unquote COVID aftermath is going to look like in the community in Brockville and then also just North America and the rest of the world?
1: Well, I think that um, I can only speak of my own experience um, during uh, the last two to three months of the pandemic. And um, although there's no, it's not a scientific study, I would say that my observations are that um, there have been a third of people where it hasn't necessarily affected them very much because. Um, you know, their lifestyle was quite simple before the pandemic. There's a third of people who actually have, from a health uh, perspective, done better than expected. And then there is about a third of people who have been uh, substantially negatively affected by uh, the pandemic. And so, you know, possibly we could sort of um, talk about what I think uh, the factors are at play in those three groups.
0: Absolutely. Let's go into that. Where would you like to start? Well,
1: I think, I think that um, there is no doubt in my mind that uh, prior to the pandemic, there were a number of people who were very, very distracted for a whole bunch of different reasons. And it may have been that, um, you know, they had multiple social engagements that they weren't quite sure how to manage, Um, It could have been that they were distracting with um, shopping. It could have been that they were working harder than they had planned to. And so I think for those individuals, when the pandemic hit, they basically uh, got stopped in their tracks. And, you know, my experience uh, of this has been that for those people who were planning uh, to make a change in their lives, this was the perfect opportunity for them uh, to start engaging in some of their, um, uh, some of the changes that they're wanting to make to their lifestyle. For those individuals that were not ready to let go of those distractions, um, it, it was really difficult for them.
0: Yeah. And, and I'd probably fall a little bit into both groups because originally the first three weeks I was straight up depressed yep. because uh, young entrepreneur, things are going well. Every month is good. And then all of a sudden you just, you're told you're not an essential worker. You can't yep. work. And then after that three weeks, I said, okay, well, it's time to get off my butt and do something about it. And then I realized the gift we were given was time. Mm-hmm. So first of all, I got to spend some time with my family and my girlfriend, which was awesome. And then second of all, I had time to actually like work on my business and do the stuff that I never had time for. Um, so for the extroverted people, is that the third of people you're saying who might have been affected negatively and the introverted people might be doing a little better?
1: I would say that, um, yeah, I think for, for, for extroverted individuals, this has been very challenging because that's, they get their energy from being around other people, networking, um, sharing experiences. And I think particularly, as you say, um, for, for any entrepreneur, um, they rely on people and, um, you know, and so when those people disappear, it's very challenging. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and just a a quick point with the extrovertedness, if that's even a word, but, um, I find now, even with the masks, it's not the same type of interaction. I can't even see and read facial cues. It's very, um, It's almost ominous to me.
1: Yeah, I think that's very true. And I think that this is where we're kind of leading into, um, you know, what are the consequences down the road of um, this pandemic? And I think that there are going to be some challenging consequences and there are going to be some potentially good consequences of uh, this need to adjust how we do things.
0: Do you want to elaborate on Yeah, that? I mean I think
1: that uh, I can only speak for um you know the area that I know but I think that um the opportunity to continue virtual visits for certain patient populations is going to be incredibly helpful. So what I'm thinking about is that clearly um in medicine um Seeing person, you know, being in the same uh, room as somebody, uh, getting to hear their story, getting to listen to their story, um, getting to examine them in detail and coming to some conclusions is sort of historically how we do things. But I think that there are other instances where the decision that needs to be made on a particular day might be as easily made virtually as with an inpatient visit. And so the kind of thing that comes to mind is somebody who's going through treatment for a malignancy or someone who has a complex uh, disease and is attending a multidisciplinary clinic. uh, Pre-COVID, those individuals would um, use up a whole bunch of energy getting ready, uh, would go for an hour in a vehicle to the destination of their appointment, uh, would pay uh, money that they may or not may not have for parking uh, they would then wait in a crowded waiting room uh, for the, the individual they were seeing that day um, would probably uh, be seen for you know a shortish period of time and a decision would be made that was not influenced by that practitioner necessarily examining anything or getting any new information. It was sometimes a decision that was made on the blood work that they had had the day before. So that would be a situation where moving forward, um, a virtual visit between in-person visits would be an incredibly useful step forward for patient experience.
0: Yeah, so that's definitely the pro. Exactly. The so on the other pros,
1: side, um, for anybody who um, has been... Uh, You know, dealing with, um, let's say, a mental illness or recovering from an addiction, um, for those individuals uh, during this pandemic, it has uh, felt as though they've been abandoned and certainly they cannot access all the supports that were helping them to recover from whatever situation they were dealing with. And I think in those circumstances, those are some of the people where I've definitely seen that they have not done as well. Um, and so as this goes on and on and on, we can anticipate that um, the destabilization of certain people's uh, mental, uh, mental health issue or addiction issue, it, it could get um, it could get worse for those individuals for sure.
0: And do you think there's anything that we can do to mitigate that? Like we're having these discussions preemptively. So if you, you know, if you were making the decisions, what types of things would you want to see implemented to address the, the, uh, I mean, it's, there's certainly going to be a mental health crisis furthering in the next six months to two years, I think, because of this pandemic.
1: Um, Well, once again, I'm, I'm one of those weird people that, um, uh, I, 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 I like the, um, Uh, the two two Chinese um, characters for crisis, and uh, they they use the two characters of danger and opportunity. And I think that there is always a danger uh, in these crisis situations, but there's also an opportunity. And up until this point in time, what I've seen um, of the things that I know about is that uh, many of the workers in our local community Uh, working in the area of mental health addictions, have been working extremely hard to find creative ways to meet people's needs. And so I think that um, it's going to be really understanding exactly what the need is and then coming up with creative solutions to meeting those needs. Um, And sometimes that sort of takes letting go of the ways that we have always done things
0: and that's something that i'm certainly struggling with like even the the little tiny changes i'm not gonna say they bother me but i'm very aware that it's different and they're even just the face masks like yes we're wearing them at work super important but just the change from like my example earlier like seeing facial expression and like being able to even just hear the person you're trying to talk to it's uh It's definitely a different world. And the kids who are being born now, who are going to probably come up in this world, they're going to grow up in a completely different world than the one that you and I are living in right now. And the life that the world that you grew up in, that doesn't exist for me anymore. So it's like constantly changing. And it's honestly at this point too fast to keep up with. So I wanted to switch gears quickly and just talk a little bit about me and you in the past that we've discussed social media and the impact on the youth, et cetera. But what I actually wanted to talk to you today about was, I'm finding this even the media, not just the social media, but the media is there's so much information right now in, in our cell phones and Facebook. It's becoming such a competing space for ideas and opinions. And I don't know how the heck we're supposed to sift through it all and and not go insane after it. So the people who are already predisposed to, to mental health issues like anxiety, for example, a, a simple one, how are they going to or not how are they going to, but. Like, what do you see moving forward for those types
1: of people? Well, I mean, I think you're absolutely right, Zach, that uncertainty um, and conflicting opinions and disinformation is an absolute recipe for increased anxiety. There's no doubt about that. Um, And so I think that this is where it's an opportunity for us to take a good, long, hard look at who is our immediate circle, um, where do we get information from? Um, can we come to some level of acceptance of the fact that there will always be uncertainty? And I think those mm-hmm. are the things that are going to help us to be, um, more resilient, uh, moving forward. And, um, I think particularly support, um, you know, what I've come to understand in this, uh, um, you know, during this time is that there were many supports that I just took for granted. You know, there were things that I just, they were there, they were always there, um, and so I think that I've been a lot more mindful of exactly um, who those, um, you know, people, places, and things are that I rely on uh, to stay mentally healthy.
0: What? And that's actually really funny. The next thing I wanted to ask you was what and it's kind of a personal question, but what does your health routine look like? Because um, like one of the things I admire about you, Dr. Thomas, is you always seem to be steady and consistent in your energy levels, or you just seem that you've found a routine that really works for you. And I was just kind of curious if there was anything specific that you were doing.
1: Well, I mean, I think sometimes appearances can be deceptive. And, and uh, I'm one of those people that has been Metaphorically, wearing masks for a very long time, and so this mask wearing, in a in a sense, is a is a metaphor for me for uh, what we sometimes present to the world. But um, I think I think that uh, in the last little while, I've sort of been more comfortable with um, you know kind of where my sweet spot is with respect to my routine um so part of it is that um i have got much much better over the years at sleeping um at least 7 hours a night and the quality of my sleep has been certainly much better i would say in the last couple of years uh the second thing is i'm very very fortunate that my spouse is an incredibly active person and and also mm, and yeah. also has really done a lot of work in understanding, um, uh, you know, good nutrition. So I'm very reliant on her to take the lead on the nutritional piece. And I'm very fortunate that, you know, um, you know, we, we have chosen whole food plant based, and that's working for us. Um, so she really supports me in that respect, as far as sort of um, the kind of activities that I would do on a regular basis, I would probably uh, swim in the river uh, three, four times a week. Um, you know, I've I've uh, joined uh, Paula Wiltsey's uh, running group, and so the amount of time that I'm running is increasing. Um, and then I'd cycle probably two or three times a week. So that would be the activity side of things. And then I th- I think just the 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 on the fly practice of meditation and mindfulness. Um, I haven't been particularly successful at practicing uh, meditation. Oh, and, and, and my wife and I will also do uh, yoga, uh, which I I, I think is a meditative practice. Um, Mm -hmm. But as far as the formal meditation go, what's worked for me better is staying in that mindful meditative state as much as I can. And so Um, You know, it's whenever my brain starts racing and I start getting uh, solving problems that are not mine to solve, um, you know, I will then slow my breathing and, um, you know, try and clear my mind of all these complicated thoughts.
0: Mm -hmm. That's that makes a lot of sense. It's, uh, it's definitely a good model that you've just kind of laid out there. Just kind of do something every day, whether it's just a little swim or a walk or a cycle or a run. That's a, that's a great example you're setting there. Dr. Thomas, last thing I wanted to ask you about today was what do you think, again, and this is your personal opinion, not scientific data, but what do you think the effects, both short and long term, um, from the COVID virus, just on, on the mental health aspect
1: well, I, I, I think um, there's no doubt that we were becoming mentally unwell um, because of the speed of life, um, some of the expectations that could never be met, um, our indecision about our lifestyle choices. And so I think that there was sort of some, some stresses on mental health that preceded COVID. So, right. so I think I think that in a sense this has kind of slowed us down and 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 got us to rethink a lot of things. So from that perspective, I think it potentially could could improve uh, mental health outcomes. With respect to things like isolation, uncertainty, uh job losses, um uh, poverty, these kinds of things, I think they're going to have a very significant impact on people's uh, financial, um, emotional and, and, and uh, mental health. So I would agree with you that we, we need to get, you know, start being prepared for this um, tsunami of, of mental health challenges for sure.
0: And the, Yeah, that's great. Thank you, Dr. Thomas. The only thing I would add to that is just people just have conversations. If you're not feeling right, find someone in your circle that you're comfortable with, talk to them. Because I mean, I can tell you firsthand, you would rather one of your friends come and talk to you and tell you that they're not doing well, then, you know, God forbid, you have to go to their funeral. So I just think it's really important for the next six months, for the next two years, just moving forward, be kind to everyone, be kind to yourself and keep having conversations.
1: I would agree, Zach. And I remember very early on the pandemic, I, I saw um, I saw something, and I can't even remember where I saw it, where it said, um, you know, socially distanced but um, but connected. And I think that um, we're social beings, and we, you know, we need we need to share um, our joys, our worries, our distress with other human beings. Yeah, I couldn't agree
0: more, and and it even it's nice even when I get five minutes to chat with you about what's going on in the world at work. So just exactly, just find people that whether they have the same interests as you, different interests of you, but just someone that you could find it easy to communicate with, and, and like I said, just keep conversations
1: going. Absolutely, and and I mean, I think um, you know what you're doing, Zach, is is so important, and that is um, giving people the tools um, to be physically active and physically healthy. Because there's no doubt that the body and the, and the mind are connected. And our, <laughs> yeah. our mind affects our body, but our body also affects our mind.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's a good place to leave it right there. Dr. Thomas, this was Season 2, Episode 17 of Athletic Insights. Thank you so much. You're very time.
1: welcome, Zach. Have a great day. You
0: too.